there, it's Mike Tramp, and you're listening to White Lion Fever, where rock and roll is still alive like it always has been and it always will be. Welcome to White Lion Fever, and my name's Steve Mascord, and our first guest this week has been on the last two shows, and I welcome him back. It's uh, Chuck Billy from Testament. Welcome back, Chuck. All right, what's happening, man? Still here, still here. That's great. Um, now, um, just to, we're talking about the new album, Titans of Creation, and you know, I, I mean, looking, I know you, I've seen some other interviews. You get asked about this stuff, uh, about some of the, um, a lot of the inspirations come from antiquity, from the ancient world. I had to Google what the Ishtar Gate was. It was the eighth gate of Babylon. Um, yep. Are you guys like, as a group of guys, are you into this stuff first? Or do you go, well, we need an inspiration and we're looking for a certain vibe, and then you do a bit of research? Uh, we're into it. I mean, especially me and Eric, but like we, you know, Ishtar's Gate, we went to uh, Jerusalem, we were inspired there by their gates, and then went to, uh, to Berlin and museums. And, and, and like, we like the history and the stories and, of that, you know, mm. they're just. Um, there's always a good story and a good something behind those stories. Yeah. And I just thought, um, I, I don't know, like to sing about, you know, if it's going to be futuristic, like brotherhood stuff, we really go there. But a lot of it is kind of real things that have happened or, or just things you can touch, you know? Mm -hmm. And a lot of that kind of stuff we wrote on this were things that really happened. Like, uh, you know, the, um, uh, Heaven's Gate cult, you know, we wrote a song about that, mm. a song about uh, the Kirkland Massacre, you know, songs, you know, we wrote about that in False Prophet, and uh, the Night Stalker, City of Angels, you know. Yep. So, you know, it's just kind of inspired all over the place where we're at, but those other songs like Ishtar's Gate, but those moods are so different for a metal song. Mm that it was really inspired to write about Ishtar, you know, because I know Eric was inspired when he wrote that riff that it made sense just to keep it lyrically in the same theme as the music with the vibe of it. Yeah, yeah. So do you think we're going to have like a gazillion albums about lockdowns and pandemics in about three or four months when everyone's I, sitting? I, I, we are, I'm sure we're going to have it. It's going to happen. <laughs> will you, yeah. will you attempt to uh, uh, to indulge that genre or not? <laughs> well, I'll probably write something eventually because yeah, this is this is a part of history that yeah. we're living right now. It's never happened, and and in our lifetime, it probably won't might not happen again. You know, but this is historical time right now, and of course, there's got to be something we can write out of it. Yeah, um, and it is to me. It's it's. I would base it on the world standing still. Yeah, you know that would, that's how I would write the story. You know. Yeah, yeah. The the air is very fresh when you go outside now, isn't it? Without all the pollution and everything. Oh, <laughs> believe me. When after a nice rain, we sit in the backyard. I was like, oh man, it just felt so nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like in the middle of London, so I don't think I've ever like tasted fresh air here. But uh, um, um, right. <laughs> but um, you, know, you were actually I, I saw one interview before I called you uh, where you were talking about you know you 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 had started work on a documentary um, which you know has never been finished, and I guess 
not only does this give you the time to do it or to but also it gives you the impetus and the the focus doesn't it because you have uh you have this tour that was abandoned and one of the guys on the tour almost died and and you got very ill and and you know what i mean like so now you kind of have yeah. like that focus for the if you were going to finish the documentary the, there'd be a good narrative there you know oh yeah 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 i definitely want to talk to him but definitely have time on our hands and be a good thing to do that yeah yeah and um finally um um what 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 are your plans now um, um, when you don't know about touring? So, can you lay any plans at all that leave out touring? Do you do you start recording, writing? You know what? what uh, do you... Too soon for that. I think what we need to do is, you know, we shot one video for this. Maybe we'll get creative and do some more videos, or or maybe I'd love to do some more animation for this, and maybe put together a product. You know, once things clear up, that'll come out next year. <laughs> yeah. Of uh, um, maybe some cool videos and visuals and stories and documented stuff to talk about this record that we can release down the line. Yeah. Um, there's just going to be a lot of time on our hands. We've got to figure it out. Maybe put things together while we're in limbo. Yeah, I guess on one hand, we'll never have this time again. It may not feel like a blessing now, but in future, we'll look back on it maybe as, as it was a bit of a blessing. Thanks for your time, uh, Chuck. Really appreciate it. One more song. All right. Um, why don't we go out with uh, City of Angels?
Check Billy from Testament right here on White Line Fever. Welcome back. And our guest is a fellow who, um, he's been interviewed three times, but he's only been on the program twice because we actually deleted or you know something went wrong the first time and he was nice enough to do the whole thing all over again. And I was able to uh, take out the questions that didn't work the first time. Welcome back to White Line Fever, Joel Hoekstra. How are you, Joel? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Thank you so much. Now, two days until uh, your um, second Joel Hoekstra's 13 album, uh, Running Games, is out. Nerves? Uh, these days, do you get nerves or, or what? No, I'm not nervous. I'm just, I'm like ready to get it out there. That's all. I would say no, no, I'm not nervous about it. Uh, at this point, I'm just glad. It seems to be well-received. All the reviews are good, which is nice. And um, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to get it out there and have people be able to enjoy it. I mean, if they don't, they don't. But uh, I, no, I'm not nervous. The title, Running Games, is, uh, is because it was written on the road. And, uh, you know, you're in Whitesnake, you're in um, Cher's band as well, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Um, now none of us go anywhere. So um, are, you, are you like, is that, is, that, is that a sense source of daily frustration for you that, that you just go from the lounge room to the bedroom to the bathroom and that's it? Or, or are, you, are you sort of philosophical about that? Um, I'm just trying to make the best of the situation. I think initially when, back when we all thought this was going to be a month or two or something like that, I uh, kicked in and, and I thought, all right, just make up for lost time with the kids. Just, you know, be a dad. Don't worry about it all. And then, you know, we'll fill the rest of the year. And uh, I think once it became clear that we weren't going back anytime soon out on the road, I just started to come up with a game plan after two months or so of just kind of chilling and being like, fine. Because 2019 was nuts, man. I was on the road 285 days out of the year. So... Uh, for me to be home for a couple months, I was like, this is not the worst thing that's ever happened. Uh, but yeah, really since then, I uh, just sort of reinvented the, the art of being busy here. But, but better to be busy than not. I don't want to look back and feel like I wasted the time. Um, I'm, you know, if, if we do get back to some kind of touring and being back out there, I don't want to reflect on this and go like, boy, I just like sat around and just burned that whole time. I mean, it's, I, I want every step of the way to be something I look back and go, boy, I really worked hard doing that during that time. I've got two questions arising out of your answer. One is, do we, do we see now a spate of songs about lockdown and about going nowhere and about, you know, making the most of your time? Because, you know, the traveling was an insp lyrical inspiration and a vibe inspiration for this record. So is not traveling going to be an inspiration for the next one? Um, uh, who knows? I mean, I would say more the actual writing of the songs happened for me running around than the songs are about traveling. Really, not many of them are about traveling. They're more like about escape or leaving your past behind kind of thing. Uh, it, I would say the actual traveling is only a, a, only there in that I wrote a lot of the stuff yeah, on the yeah. road, for sure. Um, now, lockdown stuff, yeah, I mean, maybe I'll have a, a song, you know, My Kitchen Table coming out. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. You mentioned, you mentioned a game plan uh, there, Joel, when, you know, after two months, which I think we've all gone through that um, thought process about, you know, how do we make the most of this time and, um, 
uh, and uh, are we planning for a future that's like this or are we planning for a future that's like it was before? Um, what's the answer there? Like, are you, are you kind of like got to the point where you're self-sufficient in this, I'm going to use a really wanky word here, paradigm. Are you, are you got to the um, point where you're used to this paradigm and you can work within it indefinitely or is everything still on hold and is everything planned towards being able to go back out on the road? Well, as always, man, I mean, this stuff with me is always goes day to day, you know, you just, you never know where life's going to take you. I'm just trying to do the best I can at every turn and stay productive. Um, and life has a funny way of uh, working out and taking you directions that you never thought you'd be going in. I mean, I got uh, several of those stories in my life. So uh, that's pretty much where I'm at. I mean, I'd be lying to say I don't miss being on tour. I mean, it's really hard to beat traveling the world and playing for thousands of people uh, and, and getting treated well in the process. So, I mean, it's certainly, that's, it's tough to beat that lifestyle, but is that 100% of what being a musician is about? No, totally not, you know. So uh, that doesn't mean I shouldn't be doing the best I can with everything else that's available at the time, and you know, we'll just see where, where it all takes me. Okay, I warned you before we started uh, broadcasting and recording that uh, for the people listening, uh, we're going to have a song. So uh, is there, what song can we play? Oh, I'm, I would say something off the new album, you mean? Yeah, whatever you want. You're going to, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say you probably want to do Hard to Say Goodbye was the first single off the new album, so...
Hey everybody, this is Joel Hoekstra of Whitesnake, and you're listening to White Line Fever. Welcome back to White Line Fever, third and final part of my uh, interview with Damo from the Casanovas. I want to thank you for, for your time. Um, I, I guess, um, again, as an outsider, there's been this kind of dance um, um, between the sort of ACDC side of the band and the Cheap Trick side of the band. I know there's lots of other elements in there um, as well. And, and this um, new album, Reptilian Overlord, strikes that balance best of, 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 of anything you've done. You know what I mean? That's, and there's a lot of kiss in there, kiss in there as well. Um, so I just, I just wondered, you know, when you're, you're now writing another album, do you deliberately immerse yourself in certain music to, to get yourself in the mood? Like if I'm, if I'm writing a certain sort of story, I might try and read a, a story or a book that's a similar tone. Um, are, you, are you guys the same? Do you, do you listen to certain music when, when you're in writing mode? Oh, not really. It's it's probably you know there's probably something that we just happen to be listening to that's front of mind that that you might get inspiration from at the time. But you know it's 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 really between me and Tommy. It's always been you know about forty years of of listening to whatever music, and um, you know you hear different things or you know like the other day, what did I have on? Um, <laughs> But yeah, look, you just hear you just hear little bits in all sorts of stuff, and you just think, oh, that's that's a fucking hilarious little way that they've gone in from a, a verse to a chorus, and and that might jump in as just a tiny little part of a song, you know. But there's no real um, for us. It's it's there's no sort of um, real um, deliberate way that we go about writing songs. We don't sort of think, okay, now we've got our Kiss song, now we've got our Black <laughs> Sabbath song. You know, we, we don't do it like that. Um, probably the only thing we do, and, and this has happened now, is you know some of the songs we write and we're thinking, you know, are we a little bit sort of sweet in, in all these songs? We need to sort of harden this up with something else. And, hmm. and it's probably more of just a light and shade balance or what kind of key we're in or, or what sort of beat it is. And, and that's really the balance we try and find on the album. We what is that? Sorry. We might even had twelve tracks on the new album too. We we just we went through all of our albums. We thought we've well, got fucking ten tracks on every single album. We never actually meant to do that. It's classic though. It's like nineteen seventies classic. Classic. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, I was going to say, um, what does the future hold then? Like, uh, we, we we yeah. I mean, it's all still a guess, isn't it? But I think we're we, we're sort of planning it far enough ahead that surely we're going to be let out of this state. Um, so. Yeah, I think we're going to get back to Europe in um, probably September next year. Awesome, do yeah. another tour there. Before that, I mean, before we we're even allowed out of the country, um, surely there's going to be an opportunity to, to do a, a national tour around Australia, you know, get back up to Sydney, go over to Adelaide, go to Brizzy. Um, and then, you know, we, we've sort of stumbled across a, a, a pretty good, um, new following in in South America through Brazil. So, I mean, that would be the next thing we want to do after all of that, um, and maybe that sort of end of next year or or sort of beginning of the the year after. Right. Um, so yeah, we're we're hanging to get out there, and you know we're going to be doing a lot of it as so many bands are going to be doing. You know, there's going to be just a, an avalanche of bands touring soon. <laughs> Which is yeah, going to pose its, its own issues, I think. So, yeah, you have a lot of competition. I got my Frankie's T-shirt on, and I was just um, saw you guys at Frankie's around Chris, uh, around Christmas time, um, and I just wonder what that's like for you to play a one-off show in Sydney. I mean, I'd imagine it's um, um, you know, you're driving there and back. It's uh, you're up for 
you know, like, or did you fly that time? And and when you do two, no, we, flew, we flew up to Sydney on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm more driving. No, no. I, we, 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 that, that's a that's a young man's game driving up to Sydney for a show. We've, 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 <laughs> so when you come we've over here, on, time on that. When you come over here on tour, like what what is the organisation um, like? You know, and 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 how and 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 is it is it hard going? Is it fun? Um, do you tolerate more or less than you would have twenty years ago as far as the conditions are concerned? And um, how many to a bed? How many to a room? You know, all that sort of stuff. What's it? What's it like? Uh, well, I think the last time when we came to, to Frankie's, that was, I think, uh, Wolfie's, like, you know, first sort of tour, like the first sort of show we'd done. So um, we were probably quite kind and, you know, just sort of uh, getting the, the vibe and, and sort of the dynamics of Wolfie in the in the tour room. So, you know, it was, it was good. It was exciting. We got a new band member. That's always cool to see, you know what he's like <laughs> um, and it was great you know and, and that was a great fun show and, and that in itself with Wolfie now has really injected a, a whole new enthusiasm into doing stuff I mean he's an amazing drummer and he's just a, a he's an awesome guy mm. um, and he's so enthusiastic about being in this band like it's it's ridiculous so <laughs> we now really have got a, another level of energy where we want to go and experience all that sort of stuff that we've done with with the wolf now yeah yeah now rubber records there you are they your sort of global record company or do you you look do you have representatives in other territories or how, how does that work oh you just i mean look our stuff's destroyed um you know by rubber partners around um around the world but um yeah rubber's our, our label always has been Right, right, okay. And um, we'll we could do another song and talk talk about another song. This one, I, I, the album was finished before lockdown, before COVID, but if it wasn't, you would think Stand Back would be just the perfect anthem for the age we live in, about getting too close and spitting in your ear. Um, can you Absolutely. Tell us, can you tell us a little bit about um, about what in, sort of inspired, inspired that? <laughs> Um, okay, I can tell you a little bit because I don't want to give too much away. I'll, I'll probably offend some people in that. Um, oh, look, that's that's just a playful song. Like the the whole thing was um, stand back. I, I wrote that, and it was just like that chorus just had just had the words stand back. You know, stand back. It just it just worked. The whole song was built around that working in that chorus. Um, yeah, unbeknownst that we were about to have a, a COVID thing and that sort of worked in perfectly. Uh, and it was just sort of thinking of, of times that we'd had sort of through our career and on tour and, you know, um, any moments with it that could work with that. The, the first verse is all about... We, we, did, a, um, we did a show uh, supporting Grinspoon at sort of through New South Wales Leagues clubs years and years ago. It was the it was just sort of the weirdest tour for us to be on, and you know, look, we're we're a young band. We take that sort of thing because we want to, you know, we want to build new fans and all that. And and they they're super great dudes, you know. But it was just sort of a you know obviously a weird mix at that time. But I always remember we were we'd done our support and we were out the front. Um, it might have been in like Newcastle. Like, who's the Newcastle NRL team? Yeah, but I don't think the Knights have their own leagues club. Oh. They've got like West. Oh, maybe. West's Leagues Club. We've got a few different Leagues Clubs up there. Or Panthers. Is Panthers is something? There is one in Newcastle. Yeah, Panthers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that was it. That was it. Panthers. So we're in Panthers and we're watching Grinspoon after our show and 
this dude who was just absolutely maggoted just came up and he just sort of had this this skinhead and goatee and beer and he just came up to me and told me and put his arms around us and and they were playing um what's the song i've got no reason is that the name of the song that's how the chorus so, goes yeah. anyway and he was just going i've got no reason and just with us in headlocks <laughs> like this and it was just like we just thought of that guy and that's that's the first verse it's about that guy it was just like he would not leave us alone just kept you know spitting in our ears and it was just like oh man so it's just, you know, it's a lot of our lyrics and things like that are experience, just thinking of funny shit like that. Coming back, stand back. 
this is Tommy from the Casanovas, and you're on White Line Fever. Um, okay, we're back uh, with Donnie. Now I get into the journalist questions. I kind of the first third, I kind of was a bit thrown um, back by a song, and I wanted to ask about the song. But yeah, so you mentioned uh, about uh, Chip. He's played on the new song, and he's also um, he's also in the video. Is that right? Now, was that is that being delayed? Is the release of that single being yeah, delayed? Correct. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's everything's turned out so well with it, and the song is is such a has so much marketing potential that um, and the video just came out so amazing. It's like this. I haven't shot a video like this since like Fly High Michelle and stuff. I even think it's better than that. And um, so it's like it's called party time now. We need a party time to release this. We need something to to sync with it or, or I can't waste this song and, and video, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll, I've never written one like it and I'll probably never write another one like it again. And so just to release it and put it out without having anything in sync or without having the right promotion and uh, excuse me, PR and things in line to uh, push it like it needs to be pushed, it would be uh, it'd be a waste to, to release it yet and um, because it can, it can't, this could have a lot of effect. This could be a very effective song and video, uh, but unless it just gets as far as like my normal bubble, which, uh, you know, I mean, I could just keep releasing stuff all the time to, to my bubble where as far as, you know, people that love me and the people who know who I am, I just, this is one that, that, that could get past that unless we just go about it like, like we have been and just keep releasing stuff over you know, that not many people hear. Yeah, it's called party time, right? So you obviously think it could tie into, yeah. it, it could it could hit different markets and different, maybe it's, I don't know, bars or sports or, you know, selling selling a product or yeah, something. Yeah, like commercial. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so, so how do you um, go about finding the right people to take the song as far as it can go kind of trying to uh leave that to my manager but uh <laughs> that's a big it's a tall order to fill he's a sweet guy and he's trying really hard it just uh you know we can only do what we can do and so is the answer to that question is your your guess is as good as mine but i'm sure gonna try like hell to figure it out maybe miracles <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and and looking at the most recent interviews um you know, you seem to be edging towards playing shows with Enough's Enough, you know, um, from the recent interviews. Is that, are you closer to that now? Um, I can't say that. I, I, that's only for time to tell. I, I'm saying that I, I'm, I'm not closed to doing that. I, I'm open to, uh, to uh, hearing what, what somebody would propose as far as that goes, you know. So if, if something came up and there was a reason to do it and there was a good reason to do it, yeah, of course I'd do it. You, you know, you had a song on uh, Brainwashed Generation, Strangers in My Head. Were you happy with the way that kind of worked out? Was that a good experience? It was a very simple experience. It didn't, we didn't have much interaction through it. It was a song that I had, and I let him hear a few songs because uh, I had asked him, I said, you know, for just for the fans' sake and everybody's sake, could that I think they'd like to hear another Nuffs and Up song with uh, the original formula with me singing it and writing it. And um, so he agreed and went through a short list of songs I'd sent him. 
and picked that one. And so, uh, you know, I, it was almost a finished track, but what I, I broke it back down and recut it and, and he played and sang on it. And, uh, and, but you know, it's all nowadays you do all that over email. You know what I mean? You do all it's, you're not in the same room even with people anymore doing that stuff. And so it was, uh, there wasn't much interaction going on except, you know, some texts or phone calls here and there, Hey, do this or do that. Or could you do this and do that? So whenever it came to, uh, to performing or playing or a recording or something with Chip and I together, there's never been any issue with that. We've always nailed it. We've always got, you know, we know each other musically and we know it, you know, you can count on what he's going to do or what I'm going to do. And there's never been an issue there. You know, it's, it's in that respect, it's been, it's been uh, nothing but a joy to work with him throughout my career. Yeah. Yeah. And the actual music and stuff like that, you know, and with the, um, the, the, the back catalogue being released, that means you're going to be working together anyway more, doesn't it? I mean, you'll be doing promo for that and you'll be, you'll be working um, together anyway. Like I said, you know, uh, that all yet is, remains to be seen. Mm. Um, but I, I certainly wouldn't be standing in the way of anything, anything good that could come of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and, and Donnie, we've, um, we heard about you getting your uh, old Les Paul back. Can you tell us that story? It's a... Uh, a reunion story, a heartwarming story. What? What? How did that? How did that happen? <laughs> ah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stan Christmas, the most wonderful person in the world, called me upstairs and said, "Merry Christmas." And I looked, and there it was. Wow. <laughs> it was. Uh, it's been. It's been gone for. I don't know. It's probably been gone for sixteen years or so. I had to sell it in a pinch, you know, and. Um, and I never thought I'd see it again, but here it is. It's, it's wow. just the most amazing thing. Like now, I mean, I can't say the most amazing thing she's ever done for me because she never fails to do something amazing for me every single day, you know, but that was one that really took me by surprise. <clears throat> well, and do you, do you know how it was tracked down or would you rather not know? Did it, you know, you want to keep the magic and surprise about it, you know? I'd, um, I can use my imagination and imagine a lot of a lot of effort and and resources went into getting it. Um, a lot of that is for me to hear or know exactly. It just brings more guilt, makes you feel <laughs> guilty, and uh, and all the hell that that she had to go through to get it. And so, you know, the like my my motto has always been what what I don't know won't kill me. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So I don't go looking for trouble if she wants to tell me then that's fine. If she doesn't, I'd, I'd rather not hear all the unpleasantness that went involved in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> all I know is here it is. She's, up, she's upstairs. It's right here, and, and things are, are okie-dokie. <laughs> um, well, for the listeners, we'll have another song. Can you, uh, do you want to pick one now or not? Well, you can play the one that you just talked about if you want, All My Favorite Things. Oh, great. I'd like to play. It's not very rocking, but, but it's a... I think if people listen to it and uh, and apply that to them, <clears throat> is it themselves put themselves in the position of me singing it? I think they could get a little bit more meaning out of it than just listening to an artist sing his song about his life. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in the position of the song, and I think you, it could uh, it could bring some kind of meaning to people. And it, and it never really got a it never really got any a fair chance at at anybody hearing it or anything before, you know. So. A poor little song. <laughs> well, I just found out 
and I still don't know What's all the fuss about If the flowers grow Will I feel alright Yonder, <laughs> and I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore. <laughs> Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever, and you get a chance come and check us out live 
We're going to rock your socks off and whatever. Rock like fuck. That's what I say, okay? <laughs> Come on down and rock on.